Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today on our show, very excited, we have Matt Marash. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. We're obviously very excited to chat. Very, very. Do you mind, for those of our listeners who may not know you, can you give us a background on who you are and how you got into photography? Sure. So, yeah, I am a film shooter. I've been really specializing in like the large format side of things, probably mm. for the better part of the last 10, 11 years. It's every time I look, it's longer and longer, which is just, it's crazy. <laughs> right. I know. Uh, <laughs> photography is like my one hobby that I've just like kept, you know, like it's easy to like cycle through quick things, but mm-hmm. then like photography always kind of keeps com- uh, keeps you you know coming back but anyway i was shooting film hardcore for i don't know like six months i was getting really really into it and i started just listening to these crazy guys based out of new jersey (laughs) doing what were were some of the very early episodes of the film photography podcast i didn't think much of it but it was just crazy there was zany sound effects just a lot of cool back and forth and i started writing into those guys and uh we hit it off my girlfriend at the time fiance now lauren uh, won a giveaway from them. I went to collect the giveaway prize. I met them at the PDN Photo Plus Expo. And from there, they asked me to come back on the show. And before I knew it, I was like, like a part of this show that I was just wow. a, an oh. early fan of. It was, it's kind of weird. That is crazy. I love that. Yeah, I didn't know that that's how you, you got involved. That's so cool. Yeah, I kind of like really just nudged my, my foot <laughs> in the door more and more <laughs> each yeah. time. And I was just really jazzed about it. And I had a job that was like traveling at the time. So I had the ability to kind of like go eight, nine hours in the car and go see some folks and record a podcast. And that's actually how I did it for the, the first few years. Wow. We really didn't start doing remote stuff until right before the pandemic started. Mm. Wow. I didn't realize that. I thought you guys were always like all in the studio. Yeah, well, we'll still now we'll do like segments that are kind of like gang in the studio, folks in the field sort of thing. But most the best shows like all the hits yeah. those are the mm-hmm. best ones when you're in the studio you have that rapport there's there's stuff on the table like snacks yeah. and film cameras so yeah i've been kind of eat sleeping breathing photography when i'm not doing any of this stuff i i work at a camera shop and i develop all their film i run their dark room and teach classes and then like that that youtube thing too so yeah i'm just yeah, kind of yeah. my fingers all in film photography i love that what did you go to school for photography too i think i heard you had a professor did you was that i did not go to school for photography Uh. i took one digital class after i got my camera and i really really took to it and he noticed i really took to it and i was interested in film so he kind of granted me 
darkroom access without having Ooh. to take the class. Nice. So oh, I was cool. like, I was like a kid on their super senior year of college with free time and no responsibility for money. So that was the perfect equation to just like go hard into film mm-hmm. photography. That's a score if I've ever heard one. I'm so <laughs> jealous. <laughs> yeah, I've, t- I've told the story about how I was in community college just doing like basic studies and I took the one photo class and then I was like, can I take it again? They're like, no. What? <laughs> nope. nope. And their darkroom was, you know, obviously it was great. It was like huge mm-hmm. space and like, yeah, that's, but that's great that they, he let you sneak that in because I, I wish I could have. I think the timing was also right for it too, though, because this was, this was like 2009, 2010. Oh, Film okay. photography and darkrooms were, they were, you know, it was just a dust bowl in their most days. We right. Didn't fill up the class. Very few people were genuinely interested. This, like the um, the mentality at the little liberal arts college I went to, was oh, this was just like a, a cut class. You you didn't really have to worry about it. You show up, you take some pretty pictures, and and that's it. But I kind of I wanted to do something more with this. And at the time, I was also the student photographer, so I'd had a camera for like three or four months. I'd shot thousands of raw files. I had no idea what the hell to do, but I started noticing like I wanted to show up more places with the camera and I got a job for the school so I would go to events and take pictures go to basketball games volleyball games Uh, I went to a school that has like horses like dressage events so I got kicked out of horse arenas and stuff (laughs) all just all sorts of things but in like less than six months of just showing up with a camera in my hand I had gained more access to mm-hmm. events and people and just experiences that I hadn't in four and a half years of working my butt off prior. Wow. So wow. it, it kind of like rubbed off on me differently. And I was like, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep seeing what, where the camera can take me. So if you didn't take that class, were you like just kind of experimenting in the darkroom and kind of teaching yourself? Or was there people to kind of guide you a little bit? There was definitely people to guide me. So uh, my college professor, Professor Jeff, he was the guy that really kind of noticed I was into this stuff. And he was like my uh, my digital one professor and he also noticed like I was already doing all the things that they kind of let you get to you know get to in that course so shooting raw editing knowing composition I just had that from muscle memory from shooting 50,000 pictures the summer before just yeah, like yeah. right that repetition so he kind of noticed I was into that and then I had taken uh, a few international trips and Coming back from like a second trip to Japan, I'm, I'm a huge like anime nerd, by the way. So uh, <laughs> that was also has always been like an underlying thing. I came back from that second trip and I noticed all of these amazing photographers were still shooting with this film stuff. And I went to a few uh-huh. like high end camera stores like Map Camera and Bic Camera. And I noticed I was like, oh, I want I want one of these Hasselblads. And then I told my professor, Jeff, and he's like, oh, this thing. And he like he just had one in his office. Nice. And I'm like, <laughs> you you got to show me how this stuff works. So I picked up a yeah. Hasselblad. And like, it's all downhill from there. You know, the same old <laughs> film photography story. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So during this time, was that when you got into large format or is that mm-hmm. something that kind of came later, later on? No, it was right, right on schedule with that. So I, I maybe had the Hasselblad. So like the timeline here is like, I picked up a digital camera in 08. It was less than nine months before I was like, not burned out, but like, I couldn't figure out why my pictures looked like all the other pictures taken with the same digital camera being uploaded because like the raw format wasn't refined yet. We didn't know if we were supposed to edit our stuff a lot or just shoot more and buy more stuff. So then I bought that (laughs) Hasselblad. 
within like a year. And then six months into that Hasselblad, I was forcing myself to shoot a roll of film a week. So Jeff gave me like a brick of like this old Portra, which is like, you know, $20,000 now or whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> I know, Kodak film prices. Uh -huh. uh, but he, he gave me this film and then Darkroom Access. And I just kind of went by the data sheets and stuff. And it was, it was like easy sailing. And it was probably six or seven months into doing that with the Hasselblad that the other professor who was working at Finley at the time, Spencer, he was getting ready to get rid of, like literally throw away his old eight by 10 camera kit, wow. which was this Eastman commercial B, this magnesium monster yeah. of a camera. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this? You, you got to let me know what this is. He's like, oh, this? Well, I was about to throw it out. I'll tell you what, uh, if oh, you <laughs> want to shoot it, just you just have to buy film for it and I'll, I'll get you started with the rest. And I'm like, done. So yeah. I like went on B&H and I overnighted some film. And like two days later, I, he was showing me like the basics and that was it. Like I was gone. From that yeah, point yeah, yeah 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 so what were the what were the film eight by ten film prices back then were they were they still pretty steep back then or is it <laughs> or are you kind of missing those days <laughs> i am very much missing those days yeah, I, yeah. I would give up i would give up a lot to get back to that but like at the same time i had no idea what i was right. doing and yeah you know you always feel like oh i wasted this and you, you, there's that 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 uh evergreen feeling with photographers that you you always want to go back and do things you did but then you probably wouldn't do those things because exactly. your tastes are yeah. different yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah but the i think an 8x10 box of tmax so 10 sheets of tmax 400 was like 50 bucks Ugh. wow oh my <laughs> yeah. goodness so it's like quadrupled would you ever yeah. want to torture yourself log into your bnh account and just go back <laughs> <laughs> it's your old purchases and just uh -huh. have a good cry it's yeah geez 50 bucks wow yeah i remember i had to i added a box of this is the really painful part uh, i bought that box but i didn't get the hundred dollar free shipping so i ordered some boxes of fp 100c and a pro pack of tmax and 120 in order to hit free shipping which i mean that's what really just kicks me in the yeah. butt yeah. oh man that's just so funny to me <laughs> i so the large format um i've i've very excited to have you on the show for lots of reasons but <laughs> the, the large format stuff the the youtube channel is phenomenal by the way yeah um, agreed when you started that because i i, I kind of went back and saw that you i mean same thing for me i had my channel like 10 years ago and loaded uploaded like two videos it meant nothing mm -hmm. and then i was like let me get back to this did you go into it with the idea of because it's very educational which i think is so great especially for a large format because i've talked about this on the show many times that i've been so intimidated by large format to mm. the point where I've like I used to put it up like that's not for me I can't do like it's too too scary mm -hmm. yeah where did that all come about so it, it's funny you should mention yeah like having the super super old like videos on the, yeah. the YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel because like my old stuff was just like shot with my phone and uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> So the whole reason I even did those original phone and like 5D Mark II, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, uploads. The idea behind those is the same idea behind the channel now, but really the 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 biggest barriers were like skill set for like the cameras, like the, the tech side video editing, and then just like the ability to deliver it, the dialogue. So I still wasn't really uh, used to doing the podcast format. So you know, presenting things to people over the air on the podcast, that's a, that's a skill. Being able to do that with minimal vocalized pauses and just kind of tell a story. But then also speaking to people uninterrupted on the camera and being able to do minimal cuts. So 
uh, that skill didn't really come into play until I started teaching classes for the, the camera store I work for. So it all just kind of like ties in, but I've always wanted to do the educational side of things because when I got started in large format, it was basically stories that I got from uh, my other professor, Spencer, like small little anecdotal things on how to pick this up and that up. And then, okay, here's your required reading books. Go through those. Yeah. And here's some forums and anybody you reach out to in real life is generally not going to give you the time of day. That was kind of the atmosphere just a few short years ago. And yeah. I would imagine it just feels it just, it still feels that intimidating to folks. And it really like shouldn't because I don't know. I think they're the simplest kind of cameras. Like there's there's just nothing to them. There's no electronics. You're not going to hurt right. it unless you're like termites. And it, it's right. Fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's so true. I didn't even think of that too with uh, just the, the the podcast and 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 all that stuff of how it all kind of comes together and it's a it's a big practice too for all that. Like I think of that cuz I get I get the the honor and pleasure of editing this podcast so I can kind of make <laughs> myself sound however I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh it's yeah, that's great. And one thing that popped in my head while you were explaining that is something I was talking to one of my coworkers. I work at a music store and they're having problems getting Getting, you know, younger generations of people into the repair of musical instruments and stuff like that. And I'm talking like fixing a French horn if it's broken, mm. you know, like we're just getting to that point where all the people that are around that fix these things are not either passing their trade on or people are just not interested in it. And it, it just scares me so much that we're going to get to a point where it's like, you know, your hassy breaks down. What do you what do you do? You know, like what? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I don't know how I got on this tangent, but it. <laughs> I just wanted to thank you for for your teaching aspect, because it's yeah. it, you got it. You have that that that. uh that uh, it's not the maybe it is charisma. I'm not exactly sure oh, what the yeah. name of it is. It's <laughs> the whatever whatever yeah, yeah. the <laughs> teachers have to keep you in 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 uh, you know kind of hooked into the thing. Because I I catch myself you know watching things that you make, and even if it's like eight by ten, and I'm you know I don't even have an eight by ten camera, but you learn so much from stuff like mm -hmm. that. Even coming from that end of things, I don't know. It's just it's just cool. And I appreciate greatly. that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. It, of it, course. It really is, especially like for at least for me, like with one of my 2022 goals is to like take. I used to go to seminars all the time back in the day when yeah. I was like, shooting weddings and stuff. And I miss just like, you know, it's yeah, you're doing it for all these years, but still like you're there's more stuff to learn, you know, and like you should, I shouldn't feel intimidated by something just because I'm in my head, you know, like we have there's so many great places to learn specifically your channel about large format um so yeah i just thank you for that because i'm excited to like i was today i was watch, watching some of the videos i'm like i'm gonna like <laughs> i'm gonna take notes i'm gonna get a notebook here and i'm yes. like <laughs> like do it really do it because you should see me matt with my with my with my <laughs> four by five i'm like okay okay i close the shutter and, and mm -hmm. i'm like freaking out before it and everybody's like calm down like you don't have to rush i'm like oh yeah i don't I don't have to rush. I can just do this, you know, but that's all right. Yeah. Just, just relax and, and do the dance. Yeah. Just uh, relax and do is. the dance mm -hmm. is one of the things I picked up from the channel. And I'm like, yeah, I need to just kind of like chill, <laughs> you know, but I'm so like, I'm shooting large format. Ah! <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm huge on the whole practicing aspect of it because mm -hmm. it is so different than all the other workflows you do. Like it's it, the closest thing to it is like, 
setting up some sort of like ridiculous streaming iPad apparatus because it's just so like goofy and obnoxious yeah, yeah. Um, that you really do need to practice it. And the first time I read that, I was like, really set this thing up a hundred times and not take a picture. And as mm. dumb as it sounds, it is so, so helpful because, and if you, you can do this with anything, like try to chop an onion, you know, get a, get a, ba a sack of onions, you know, from the local farmer's market and just start cutting them until you are good. Like that's the only way these chefs mm -hmm. on TV are good with a knife it's and you true. won't hurt yourself. You right. have to practice this stuff. And it's, of course, we all want like the easy way to get really nice, acceptable yeah. results really quickly. Yeah. But that, that really deep learning stuff comes after everything else. The stuff that you were initially worried about is just like muscle memory. And then you can really start to, to make the work happen. And, oh, yeah, there's a ground glass. I can use this for composition. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember how to take pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's really what happens when you throw like a new thing in the way. You're, you're like so buzzed on, oh, my gosh, they're doing the new thing. I finally am yeah. finally doing it. But yeah, then we still have to like make pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that part. Also, like um, making mistakes, too. I, you know, you get bummed out sometimes. Like we, I was on a f like a photo walk, hang out with a bunch of friends and we were all taking pictures of each other. And I took four sheets, four portraits and all but one came out. But that one that came out was like <laughs> chef's kiss. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> like. I'm going to nail this because this is really different and really cool, you know? And that's still a good hit rate. Like, people think, like, <laughs> oh, you, you took two, but you lost one of them. Like, so? You still got one great picture. Yeah. And yeah. You're, yeah. you're not going to remember those those fails will like they'll still like haunt you a little bit, but you're going to you're going to hit a few of those. Uh, probably the, the hardest thing, I think, with the, the bigger and bigger films is there's like there's less stuff. So less of mm -hmm. the cool old emulsions. So if you have like a box of really expired stuff, that's where like I have two boxes that just sit at the bottom of the freezer. And I'm just like, OK, I'm definitely going to do a special project for this. But now I'm just like I'm setting myself up for failure. I'm like, right. I'm saving yeah. it for this project that's never right. going to come because I'm too afraid to touch this film, but it's just getting worse wow. by the second. Yeah. So, yeah, that is you just hit the nail on the head, man. I have so much <laughs> like film and stuff. I'm like, I'm going to save this for like the best thing ever. And then I'm like, this isn't the best thing. That's not the best thing. This isn't the best thing either. Like, and then it just sits there. And what's the point of that? You know? Yep. Man. Yeah. It's so true. I want to talk to you about your your job too, because I'm okay. a I I probably listened to you know the film photography project podcast eight that was my Tuesday night ritual for you know <laughs> probably four years now and it's uh, just to hear about I used to I used to love hearing about you working there because it's what is it Midwest Photo Exchange is that what it's called Yep Midwest Photo mm -hmm. Yeah yeah and it's it it's just sounds like such a cool place because I've I I know I think Matt Day visited it a couple times on his channel. So I yep. got to see it through there and cool. and it was just always fun because you you work in the dark room, right? Isn't that that's that's what you said at the beginning that you you teach classes and stuff. Have you been mm -hmm. teaching classes since the COVID thing? Is it coming back around? Like what, yeah. how's that uh, been? It's been uh, it's been pretty good. So yeah, I've been doing classes at MPEX uh, since the end of 2016. So this is like my oh, sixth wow. year. I'm going into for, for teaching. It's funny because when I interviewed there initially, they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I think I want to teach photography. And they're like, well, we don't do classes. And <laughs> it's like, okay, well, we'll see about that. Uh, yeah. And, and nice. then they started doing more classes and I ended up on the sales team. And then uh, just kind of, it was a, it was a really nice, like natural progression from one to the other. But 
Uh, working at the camera store has all sorts of benefits, but it is also retail. So like, it's a constant tug of war because like, mm. I don't mind doing the sales thing. I've, I've been a salesman since before I've even been into cameras, which right. is, that's all part of like delivery and stuff as well. But learning how to talk to somebody about selling a camera is is usually two parts education and one part like closing a sale anyway. So you yeah, can pick yeah. up those little strategies, try to listen enough to somebody to figure out, you know, what they're trying to do. The hardest part about the camera store is realizing that like less than 1% of the people that walk through the door feel the way about photography that mm. the real hardcore nerds do, uh, oh, especially wow. when it comes to like <laughs> film. So that that part is like different, but it's it's cool because right. you're enabling creativity, uh, even if it's somebody that's like they're working for a car dealership and they're doing like car walkthroughs. It's like, well, how can we make this car walkthrough look badass? You know, um, <laughs> OK, you can't. There's 10 million of them, but like you can yeah. you can at least make the quality look a little bit better. And, and now it's like not even that because they're doing that with like a phone now. So it's like, what's the next kind of level? It's it's a podcast. It's. Uh, it's a vlog. It's a series of multi, uh, you know, multi-platform content creation. Uh, but anyway, but the classes, that's um, it started like just doing digital classes, like teach somebody how to get out of auto. And I'm really just kind of building up the same way I kind of learned through my DSLR and in a oh, little okay. bit with with how I learned in my one like digital class, because our digital class was basically just straight from one of the one of the books mm -hmm. for, for digital that like everybody gets. And it, it worked pretty well. But like at the same time, there was zilch creativity. It's like, OK, let's get you to the point where you understand the relationship that's going on with like your big three, your aperture, shutter speed, your ISO and nothing like beyond that. So as time went on, um, we had more and more opportunities for classes. And then at the end of uh, middle of 2016, Midwest Photo moved to a new location. And that new location, they asked me if I wanted to help them build a darkroom space in there, oh, which so cool. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, don't twist my arm. Yeah. The only downside, <laughs> and this was a big downside, years of working in this closet here have uh, have prepared me. <laughs> for what they asked me next okay so what if we had space but no budget what can you do with that oh. <laughs> so uh i'm like leveraging all of my sales experience to try and talk schools uh and local like other lo local community things to like give me their old darkroom stuff so we got a sink from the local you know, Christian oh, middle wow. school, we got an enlarger from one of the local photographers who works, uh, works ASMP. So it's just like, now I'm just gathering all of this stuff in there, brokering deals. Okay. Well, your students can use it on this weekend. Like really just oh, really yeah, yeah, dealing yeah. to get yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we got the dark room put together and they're like, okay, so how do we make money with this? I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So, uh, well, <laughs> I know how to process black and white film so we can start doing black and white and film had like, at, this was the point at which like, you know, Matt Day videos are starting to pick up. So like, there's a little bit of traction. People are asking more about stuff. He plugs, uh, he plugged the, the shop in there and we had the enlargers and stuff. And I did a few classes on it, but nothing like really, really big. It wasn't until a right around lockdown time when the, like the film photography just curved, just, just shot into the stratosphere. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. And, and, you know, it hasn't come down since. Uh, so the cool thing is having all access to the toys, like I'm using here and talking here, uh, is another kind of component of that. Like there is no way on planet earth I would know how to use the latest and greatest tools 
or like have access to them for like rentals, et cetera, uh, if yeah. it wasn't for the camera shop. So uh, the only downside about how I've set things up is it all kind of has to be there <laughs> to work. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the podcast works, the channel works, uh, work works because I can kind of borrow all those tools together. That's great That's though. I had plus. no idea yeah. how, how this was like all on your shoulders. I didn't realize that. I thought maybe it was, you know, there and you started working there kind of thing. That's really cool to hear that. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's really neat. It's, it's nerve wracking at times, but it's just cool to see that like there is a payoff to it. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not responsible any bit for that payoff, but it's like I, it was established when people were asking for it. And I think that's the other right, big thing right, too. Right. A lot of folks will only ever see, oh man, isn't that cool that this, you know, such and such took off. It's like, yeah, it was here. People just, they just yeah. noticed it. Now it, it's the, the same phrase I, I see every day. Someone's walking through the store and, and like, oh wow, I didn't even know you guys were here. Yeah, yeah, we've been here 32 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just, it's the same kind of vibe. Right. Very cool. What's the range of classes you teach there? Do you, is it start like beginners with, is it mostly film? Is there some digital, large, like what's the gamut of? Yeah, it's like 65% digital now. So it's mostly still the entry level stuff. So like this actually right now is like crunch time season where everybody just got their new camera. Everybody wants to learn everything about yep. photography right now. I've got 30 minutes. Let's go. Um, <laughs> at least that's everybody who walks into the store and buys the camera. Well, it's like easy, right? I mean, I paid the money, so it's gotta be like really easy. I just see all these other people doing it. It's like, it's come on. Uh huh. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so most of it's digital, but now there's a good healthy demand for film. Uh, we bought a color processor at the store and the, I think oh, they just got, awesome. a, they've got a Ritsu on the way for like sc oh, scanning wow. roll film. So like they're, really, really picking up with that. And it's so cool to see that like the average film shooter is 10 years younger than I am or more. Oh yeah. Like or, it's all, yeah, I was gonna say, all or younger more. folks. So yeah, you said during the pandemic, it just like skyrocketed. I mean, mm -hmm. do you guys still have like a decent used like film camera section or are you guys like wipe dry all the time now because everybody needs cameras? <laughs> so our used section has never been bigger actually. Um, oh really? Okay. And, and the cool. used film stuff is like gangbusters. It's probably doubled in inventory since things uh, started, and uh, it also helps that like the used manager and I, we've kind of worked at Midwest Photo like forever now, so we have a good rapport back and forth. And he's like, a, he's a record guy, so like he gets oh, it. Okay. So he yeah. appreciates yeah. the same kind of thing. He can kind of yep. see when things are coming up in popularity. But every week we just like. It's not even like a meeting. We just like get together and we're like, did you see this price? Yeah. Did you see this? Get This guy got $10,000 for a Mamiya 7. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What do we do about this? So <laughs> we're like always talking about, okay, what's market value right now on these things? So it's kind of interesting. Like it's, I don't know, I, I guess I am involved in almost every step of the process. The only thing I don't do is like moonlight at a coding facility. Otherwise that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> what's it, what's it like been like watching the market fluctuate? Oh, it, it, I guess it really hasn't been fluctuating. I guess it's been on, just on its just way. Yeah, out. it's just a straight line <laughs> yeah. trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Buy M6s. Buy them now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's like it makes me sick to my stomach uh -huh. uh, mm. at like a personal level. But then right. it kind of steals my resolve to do more to enable folks because I think that's where the, the larger gap is is now. Now there's real money on the line. When, when I was getting into it, people were literally throwing away stuff. So right. I could right. oh. I could like experiment freely. Now people are spending a lot more of their hard-earned money and they want maybe not a sure thing, but a lot of people would rather spend more to get something that they're fairly certain is going to get them quality results faster. 
and they'll also value what they put into it, both film-wise, lens-wise. Wow. So I think that makes it even more important to have access to the the information that's you know available. And there's almost 200 years of it. It's just all out in the ether and you know bringing it yeah, together yeah, for yeah. specific topics and in different channels is is a great way to learn man i used to love on the on the fpp when you would talk about like the hottest trends of cameras like what mm -hmm. it was just like you know the fm2s are going out crazy right now so you know <laughs> it's just it's just crazy to hear that and i you know i kind of calmed down in the last year of buying gear i've I mean, we talk about it a million times on this show, just like we're gear hounds, you know, like we're yeah. sniffing it out all the time trying to find the, you know, the next cool camera to use. And it, it it's been a it's been a, actually a pretty calming thing for me to like focus on three or four different cameras instead of 300 different cameras now. Mm -hmm. And it's just uh, I just always get scared that eventually cameras are going to run out. And film companies aren't going to be putting out film anymore. It, it's do you feel that it's being in, fear. in like that because you're like you're in the the sales department of that. Do you see any mm -hmm. slowing down? You think in the near future, or do you think we're okay for a while? I think we've got I think we've got a few more years. You know the the big question and and uh, Casey, my use manager. Hey Casey, if you're watching this, uh, <laughs> um, our conversation is okay. Are we have we has this wave crested? Are we mm. there yet? Are we there? Like it's yeah. a question we ask uh, ourselves once a week, and I I don't think we're there yet. But certain things have more I don't know. Certain things have more weight on people's decision making. Like the the price increase that immediately shut down some like eighteen year olds, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, you know, yeah. like there's yeah. definitely some high school kids that like don't want to do this now because it's not attainable. One of I I know this because uh, one of my cousins. Uh, has been texting me. He, I saw him at Christmas for the first time. He's like taller than me now. And he's asking about <laughs> film cameras. He's like, hey, Aunt Judy says you shoot film cameras. I'm like, yeah, here, just type my name in. And he was like, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, where you been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, now he's listening to FPP and, like, sending me memes and, and stuff and, like, asking, oh, what do you think about this one? What do you think about the AE1? I'm like, yeah, just don't worry. Here, just stop. I'll, I'll send you a camera and here's some film. Let's get you going. But like that was, you know, that's his barrier. I can tell he's already got the film sweats and he hasn't even yeah. shot a frame yet. So like <laughs> so funny. Uh, having, yeah, having a resource to kind of help guide you through that, I think is more important now uh, than it was. And it's not the fact that like there's not a premium on the information, but it's it's having having it from a source that can put you like like you guys mentioned, put you at ease with, oh, OK, yeah. no, this is cool. I can do this. All right. Yeah, let's right, give it a shot. Right. Um and the the thing that I also have to remind myself every time I put out something that is there to help folks is they may not have those same tools. I would say 60% of the folks that watch Large Format Fridays or uh, any of the live streams or TikToks, TikTok especially, um, yeah. most of them aren't from the United States. Most of them are over in Europe. Um, oh, I, have, okay. I have some crazy, yeah, just crazy reach for... Uh, places that I've never been. I don't know if they have community dark rooms or right. some places where folks are watching this stuff. They don't even have camera stores. Camera dealers won't sell things because they can't maintain their map pricing because yeah. the you know yeah. the economy is like a they expect there to be a little back and forth. Uh so they just won't sell there. Um so there's yeah, it, it's just really um it's interesting to see what's how how quickly film photography has changed because of its like popularity and I think we have a few solid years left before we really need to start like 
panicking and like coating our own plates and paper and stuff. I, I think I said this on FPP a while ago. I don't know. I don't know where I, I said it first, but it stays true. Watch motion picture. Once motion pictures yeah. are no longer being stored and shot on film, mainly stored, that's when we're in mm. trouble. Because yeah. for every, like, if I bought a pallet of 8x10 Portra, that's nothing compared to storing the raw footage from a Chris Nolan film. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing about that is I think a lot of people in Hollywood have gotten the film bug too and they want to shoot specifically on film. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a good point that like just if all of a sudden people stop wanting to do that, then we're then we might be in trouble. Yeah. Um, do you think that here's another question. You may or may not have any thoughts on this, but do you think the, the film camera bubble will pop? Do you think like, oh, it, yeah, what we'll goes... start like off? offloading and everything's going to get cheaper again geez i feel like if i give any more advice i'm going to have to lead off with a tweet in the morning that says gm uh no uh, <laughs> I, I don't uh i don't think i mean what goes up must come down uh, i right. think we're yeah. going to start to see waning popularity i think if these companies are these companies if, if like kodak fuji ilford keep doing like these big like they, they make a lot of noise like i think the the hype around what are normally innocuous price increases, I think that does more bad than good. Uh, kind of the same thing with like that we've been seeing with Nikon for the last three years. Like literally everything I read about Nikon is this is terrible. These guys are going down. Like just yeah. that kind of negative feedback loop has kind of, it's become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think if we talk talk about the inevitable pop of the bubble, it's just going to make it happen faster than just kind of letting people ride that, you know, ride that wave, get that expensive point and shoot, and then realize the electronics may go bad on it within a couple of years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That, I, I know that really hurt, Chris. I, I didn't mean to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No, it's funny because my contacts, the digital, the readout on the inside is is gone. Like it doesn't oh. even work anymore. And I'm just oh, like, man. any day now, any day now, she's going to go. on life and... support, huh? <laughs> Jeez. So interesting. I just, yeah, you know, watching it from like where you started or where I started or where Timothy started. Yeah. And like where it is now uh, across every board, mm -hmm. you know, like just pricing, camera pricing, but also like who's shooting. You know, there was a time when I thought it was just me. <laughs> like I thought I was like, I remember you know, those days. Yeah. Go to go to jobs. Be like, oh, I shoot. I'll shoot. On, I'll shoot it on film. And they're like, oh, whoa. And now they're like, OK, <laughs> so like, what does that mean for me? Like, oh. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, what is it like out there? How many, uh, is it like a 50-50 split now for uh, hanging out at, at events and shows? Or um, Well, I will tell you, when I go, just walk around L.A., I go to this this flea market every every um, Sunday almost, and just the, the like you were talking about, the amount of young people with some sort of ca camera around their neck, like, it's astounding. That is yeah. cool. It makes me happy because I'm, you know... I, I obviously we all love it. So I'm just like, you know, you're one of us. Like, let me what do you got? Let's talk about <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So do you think with the effects of like just what we were talking about, about film kind of if it's up and it's 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 a big Dave. But every time every time we talk about this stuff, I think of when Dave Bias was on the show the first time film for you know, Dave mm -hmm. Bias, he was mm -hmm. just like it's called the dead cat bounce. And mm. he was saying that the first time and this was we've been doing this show for five years. You know what I mean? This was year one. He was like our sixth guest or something like that. And he was saying that the cat is bouncing right now and that eventually it's going to come to a skid. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that cat is higher than it ever was bouncing up off the 
the ground than it has yeah, been. Soaring. Yeah, he's just <laughs> flying right now. But does the the knowledge of what you know of the future of film photography and stuff like that does that does that affect how you shoot though because you shoot like an obscure you're shooting like eight by ten four by five like all that mm-hmm. stuff does that affect how you shoot like when you shoot that and how you shoot it or do you just kind of you're just rolling with it because like yeah that, no that's a really good question um i try not to let it affect how i shoot uh the honest yeah. truth is if i keep shooting at the rate i do I'm mm. not going to have to worry about like I'm more worried about expiration dates than I am right. about okay. uh, about the film. That's the other thing about having surrounded myself in the industry for way too long yeah. is yeah. I have accumulated. I, I I will not burden anybody with the knowledge of how much film there is. I can only in my imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I do not have cameras. I seriously have. Hold on, let's count them. I've got like one digital camera, a phone. A K1000, a Hasselblad, an Olympus XA, and an eight by ten, and an eight by ten, and I guess the eight by twenty. But like that's that's less than ten cameras. People think I have a lot of cameras because I talk uh-huh. about a lot of them, but it's it's really just the access. Most of these cameras I'm talking about are are transitory in nature. Like they will <laughs> they will be moving on to new homes and such. But the film that is what is always needed to make things happen. And I learned yeah. that from Professor Jeff a long time ago. Uh, if you have a you find a film and you feel like you can understand it and make good work with it, just buy as much as there is. Yeah, dude, amen. It's it's yeah. only ever going to go up in price, so just get it while you can. And uh, I've noticed freezing a lot of the film. It, it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a piece right now on expired film uh, for the channel. I shot some film. Uh, this uh, uh, young lad Jesse, he came up from uh, Kentucky a couple weeks back. And he brought some film, some Tri-X that expired in 1982. So the film was coded in 79. And I was able to make good principal negatives from that film. So like, I'm not so worried about the film and the availability of it because I've already got like my main, my main tools. And I've had those for like the exception of a few small pieces. My kit really hasn't changed in like eight or nine years and that's Mm. such a relieving feeling because once the burden of that the gear is out of the way you can start making cool stuff like i feel when i'm out in the field it is as easy as i know this sounds stupid but it's as easy for me to like take out my phone and take a snapshot as it is to like set up my eight by ten and get viewing with that right away yeah Um, yeah yeah so I, i try gear comes easy to me the tech stuff comes very easy to me but the creation part's the hard part. So if I can get rid of that extraneous stuff, or at least like the, the intrusive thoughts of you're going to screw up this thing, you're going to ruin yeah, this right. piece of yeah. gear, uh, I'll be making things faster. Yeah. What do you? What's your favorite thing to shoot? I'll also use a phrase from my professor Jeff in his words: uh, "Freaking trees." Uh, so <laughs> Dude, I, I so love trees. trees. I love trees. <laughs> He loves, yeah, tree love guys trees. over here. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, rocks, rocks, water, trees, like your, you know, your, um, your, your Weston kind of special. I love that kind of stuff. Um, Nate, I have an appreciation for nature. I like to go out and, and hike. Yeah. And, you know, the other part, uh, a lot of people don't get this about hauling around a big field camera. It's a workout plan and it's cheaper than a gym totally. membership. Uh, a gym <laughs> yeah. membership is a box of film a month. And when you kind of, it, you have to do like all, all sorts of mental gymnastics to justify these things. But at least my mm-hmm. mental gymnastics do have some small savings in other aspects of my life. So I'll, I'll keep using them. Yeah, just track it on your your fitness app or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I stopped doing the, the, the steps tracker just because like it was making me sick because working retail in this giant, you know, uh-huh. uh, warehouse, yeah. like, 
it is easy to hit a few miles. Like even in the dark room, I'm just like pacing back and forth, waiting yeah. for <laughs> agitation cycles. I can get my steps in. I love that. Another thing I just saw recently on your channel, you were assisting a photographer, Tyreek, I think his name was. Oh, my good buddy Tariq. Yeah. Yeah. Loved all of the the Congresswoman photos that you guys did. Mm-hmm. That, that he. Oh, my God. I was that that was getting me Jones into be like, all right. Uh, do you do you assist folks a lot or is that kind of a one-off or do you plan on doing more of that in the future oh um yeah i've been helping out well i've been assisting for other photographers here in columbus probably since i got here that was the like the easiest way to network is to be a grip be a fly on the wall Mm -hmm. wrap cables tape stuff down so try not to say no to anything yeah. yeah bring up you know start by bringing them coffee whatever you need to do now in the case of Tariq, we're like we're totally best buds now um yeah it's we have a connection that goes back to the very beginning of like the camera store too so his mentor is like a huge leader in the somali community um he he's actually in minneapolis now um and that's uh, abdi roble he's also a, a fantastic street photographer big like a guy uh you'd love his work black and white uh so abdi used to work at midwest photo ages ago, like 20, 30 years ago. And he stopped into the store to buy his brick of Acros that he buys like every year. And he brought in (laughs) Tariq, who was kind of his understudy. And uh, so they're both Somali refugees and they shoot a lot with uh, with like black and white and Leica is the whole deal. But he he noticed that I was a film guy and I was working over near the large format cameras. And he asked me, you know, what, you know, what I do, how long I've been doing it. And he's, he's just like, he kind of, it was like an arranged marriage. He's like, you two be friends. And we just started hanging out more and shooting together. And like, yeah, whenever he's doing, whenever Tariq is doing something uh, and I'm not going to be in the way, I try to be there because just being around Tariq makes me a better portrait photographer. Like Mm. um, my best tip for somebody that's not sure what they want to do photographically, hang out with photographers that do things that you look up to. And with Tariq, he's just a master of light and portraiture. So I want to, I want to be good at that. So I got to hang out with Tariq. Amazing. That name is so familiar. If you're an FPP listener to you bring up. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh yeah. Love that. Love that. We've been hanging out since probably 2013, 2014, but um, yeah, he's, he's like the man and he's so low key about things because he's, he's kind of integrated photography with his lifestyle. Um, a little bit differently because he is a refugee and he works with um, with the refugee community. His whole thing is to find um, gainful employment for refugees and stable housing. And he has just this level of access and trust amongst multiple communities that just, yeah, the work speaks for itself. So uh, definitely recommend checking out Tariq's work, TariqTerry.com. Yeah, sure. It's just awesome. Yeah, I'll link that in the show notes too. So good. Do you do you shoot? Uh, I I saw you doing um, on TikTok. You were doing some. Why, why is the the name blanking from my mind? Oh, the hospital. Uh, no, no. It, oh, just uh, alternative process stuff, like the way you were doing mm. the prints and stuff. Like, yeah. How how did you get into that stuff? Was that something you just were interested in and was like, let's let's just do it, or were you kind of is that back in the school days or? Oh no! Because I'm question. a big alternative process guy. I love that stuff. I would. I think alt process definitely goes hand in hand with like old hippie college professors and like <laughs> old film cameras. Like they are uh-huh. a match made yeah. in heaven. The only thing you need they... is like an old record too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my professor Spencer, the guy that uh, had the eight x ten, he loaned me my first eight x ten camera. Uh, I eventually loaned it back or got it back to him 
better shape and all that stuff. But anyway, um, he kind of told me, oh yeah, when you have a negative this big, um, enlarging it's kind of a pain, but you can also do this. And he showed me some like old Van Dyke Browns that he'd made in like the 70s. I'm like, this is oh, amazing. Cool. Are you kidding me? Wow. And then he told me about, I think it was the, um, I think it was like the Christopher James book. So I picked up a few alt process books. I found alternativephotography.com, which is just like a super awesome resource, oh, the encyclopedia. Cool. And yeah. actually you mentioned, uh, you mentioned alternative process. I was actually doing calotype prints live here today. So I know, Look I know at the that. folks at home oh, can't see this, cool. but this is a, an eight by 10 calotype um, wow. from a negative. I actually uh, made this negative while I was filming uh, an episode of LFF last, well, it was like 2020, but then uh, I like printing from it. And uh, I did like a little, uh, a little giveaway thing on the live stream today. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm here in the dark room and there's dry prints right behind me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ugh. So good. <laughs> oh, but um, alt process and large format go hand in hand because alternative processes met much of the time are UV based processes and they're contact pr uh, printing processes, mm -hmm. meaning your original is going to be your, you know, your final size unless you do like a digital negative. And when I was getting into this stuff, digital negatives were a thing, but they weren't very good and they weren't very good with all the different light sources. So I started reading up and getting all the, the resources for uh, measuring out the density of my negatives and you know all the techie stuff for testing but i, I was like okay I, in the future i want to do this more when i know i have more time but i want to tune my process into it right now so uh, my process has always been a little extraneous like oh why would you go to all this effort but then now every single negative in my library save for a few weird films i can make these dual purpose prints wow. from i can do silver i can do alt process and they they scan they're kind of grainy when they scan but that's whatever if you're viewing on the website that's that's not the print yeah no so yeah, true yeah. oh i just would love to i i need to somehow figure out how i'm gonna budget eight by ten into my life i'm getting to that <laughs> that point where i'm ready the next step yeah i'm ready to start to start going down that road have you been shooting a lot of four by five recently timothy uh the lomo graph uh the lomo graph yeah. lock uh instant back i I, I am now going to. I've I actually yesterday that was on my list of things to do was to load some four by five holders. So that's that's what uh that's what's coming Yay. up. There's this house that's at this graveyard that it's just a perfect like you're into trees. There's the weeping willow trees hanging there. Oh it's, yeah, it's yeah, a whole, I can already see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you know, and it's and it I I've I've hesitated from shooting it with, you know, medium format or thirty five just because I know that's not it. It needs to be mm -hmm. on four by five. So that's that's next. I'm just waiting for like a nice day and, you know, the the weather to be right and all that. It's it's there's no leaves here. on the trees, so it's it's a summertime shot. But I'm gonna be I'm gonna be burning some film. I have a ton of four by five film because I'm a hoarder, just like you know the rest of us on here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll be okay. We'll be right back with a couple listener questions for Matt right after this message from our sponsor. Just wanted to pop in quick and let you know about our Patreon only develop and hang nights. We've done a bunch already. We hang out. We develop some film. We talk shop. We laugh. It's a good time. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to help support the show. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. This is the part of the show where we break off and take a couple questions from our listeners. The first question comes from DS Blair Photos, and they wanted to know, what is the first two tips you give a large format newbie? 
says, I've got the setup, but just haven't hit the shutter. Oh, this is a a fantastic question. Mm -hmm. And one I get asked a lot. And I would say, I think we we hinted at this like a little bit earlier, but my first big piece of advice, if you already have the gear and maybe you've got the film sweats and you're just like not... Oh, you're not sure you don't want to waste that sheet of film. You're going to waste it anyway, but you might as well have confidence and or a smile on your face when you do it. Mm. So get out there and practice the dance. So learn everything there is to learn about your camera. Now, this is where I think some people get tripped up. They want to, a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to be limited. So I'm going to buy this super expensive Chamonix with all the bells and whistles. I don't even Mm. understand what that word is, but I'm buying it because it looks, (laughs) it looks high end. Matt Day had one. It's, it's never going to fail me when in fact, having more movements and things like that on a camera creates more problems. There's more things to fiddle with. I mean, you can, you can take a great large format photo with like a paint can. You just got to poke a hole in it, you know, and load some paper yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But whatever, yeah. your, whatever your tool is, learn the dance with it. So that's step one. And then step two, get enough of a photographic material you can see yourself using that you can kind of get past that hump of, wait, was that me or was that how good this film was that gave me that uh. shot? So like, you're not going to learn... I, my opinion, you're not going to learn much with a box of 10 shots. So save that box of Portrait 400 that you saved, you put your month's allowance into, save that for later. Yeah. So buy, buy like a 50 sheet box of something that's like 10 years expired. Uh, or, you know, if you're, if you have more time and maybe access to darkroom space, you can buy something dirt cheap, like x-ray film, like medical and veterinary mm. x-ray film. And you can shoot hundreds of sheets of that for the same price as like 10 really, ugh, you know, you know, gut-wrenching yeah. moments that you're yeah. going to psych yourself out of. Man, both That's solid good. answers. Yeah. Chris, did you soak that in? Did you get that? <laughs> and, and I was just like, okay, yes, I need to like, yeah. The the film, that's really good advice for like, just in general, like it's okay to shoot expired when yeah. you're learning, you know? Oh, yeah. I love that. Okay. All right, Matt, we got another question because mm-hmm. we got so many questions for you. And this question comes from a friend of the show, uh, Sarah Stanello, and she asks, what is one piece of advice for young artists looking to create a body of work? Ooh, that is a really good question. Mm. And uh, sometimes I don't feel like I'm the, the one to answer this sort of thing because sometimes bodies of work just emerge, but they, they mm. cannot emerge if you're not out and shooting regularly. Do whatever it takes to get yourself on a regular shooting schedule or some sort of some people need a theme. Uh, I started with like a challenge. I'm going to shoot. It started with one roll of film a week and then it became one sheet of film a week and then it became a holder and then it became a box, you know. So just for a a very short period of time before film prices increased, it was run a sheet of film a a day through it, you know, whatever it takes to start understanding uh, your tools and What's going to emerge when you do that, you're going to have some cool early successes, but what you'll see kind of rise to the top is, huh, I really do like shooting this this subject matter. Mm-hmm. I should ask more about it or using the access of the camera, learn more about the process. Uh, my earliest, like first project that kind of jettisoned me into a lot of this stuff, I started kind of nudging my way into these barber shops and taking portraits of uh, barbers and uh, people getting their hair cut. And it was, you know, at first, it was kind of like capitalizing on the good nature of barbers that want customers. So they're being friendly and letting people in. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. also, like, I didn't understand lighting at the time. And people were going to hold still because they wanted a good haircut. So it was kind of like win-win. Uh, I could That's do these smart. long exposures. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. It's true because I a lot of times for me at least I can I can envision my body of work that I want to like produce, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to like getting your butt out there and actually yep. making it. You know, it stinks because it's like it's the least sexy advice on planet Earth about anything, but it's also <laughs> you know you you can draw parallels to it. In, in like all other parts of the real world, like I want to get better at cooking. Cool. You can start with dinner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, okay. Yeah. So you just practice these things. Okay. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. Uh-oh. Fad diet's over. I should probably just start forming these like positive habits and, mm-hmm. and doing them. So like the power of habit is um, it's the first thing to overcome, but then the, the next thing to like build that positive one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Dang, Matt, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, especially thinking about like, you know, making it a part of your routine, like running. I hate to run, but if you make, well, I run on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and it's Friday, you know, like it's Friday, you know, large format Friday, getting out there, you know, (laughs) exactly. Friday. Some people don't need that. And I'm so, so jealous of folks that don't need that kind of thing, but I need Mm -hmm. it to keep me honest uh, and to keep like, so kind of imposing that deadline um, of a video. Oh, shoot. Did I shoot anything this week? Okay, I better shoot this thing and I'll see if I can tie it into this. Oh, well, you know, Tariq's already got that shoot going on. So I should text him and see what he's... So like, it's yeah. it's just using mm-hmm. the, the tools around you, know, the tools around you, leveraging those contacts and, you know, making, yeah, making work at the end of the day. It's, it's not always great work. Uh, unfortunately, the, there's no 100% guarantee, but hopefully... If you've spent this much time and effort and stuff, uh, you'll find other enjoyment in maybe the process of it. I think that's another thing that we can get tied up in with this large format stuff is we can fall in love with process and then uh, the results kind of like fade to the back. But it's it's OK. We can we can like it for all sorts of different reasons. Yep. Good. Good it's answer. Good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is the two part camera question we ask all of our guests. The first part is the age old desert island camera. You can you can only have one for, you know, the rest of your life. What's it going to be and why? Uh, OK, so uh, I guess qualifier. Do I have access to photographic materials like that's no problem? Oh. Yep, yep, yep. There's a little, you know, one hour photo lab on the <laughs> island that's got you covered. Okay, cool. I mean, I just need like an Eskimo tent and a fan, but like that's yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> right, sweet. Then, yeah, it's probably going to be my, you know, my 8x10 camera, maybe like a nicer Keith Canham 8x10 camera, but it's going to be an 8x10 because I already know <laughs> there it. You go. Yep. And I'm going to make fewer mistakes with it. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. And the second part, uh, white whale. Is there anything out there? I mean, you work at a camera store, yeah, so this yeah. is this is probably not the best question for you. But is there anything out there that you've never, you know, had the chance to shoot, or you've always wanted to own, or you know, one of those kind of what, what you got? What you got cooking? Yes, there is. Ooh, good, good. <laughs> so I do have a white whale camera. Don't ask me why. It's completely irrational why I want one. But one of the first camera trade shows I went to was the PDN Photo Plus Expo, where I first met uh, Michael Rosso yep. and Dwayne Polkew of, of FPP, and I got my book signed and all that stuff. Um, yes. I also met at the Kodak booth, Mr. Keith Canham, the guy I just mentioned, his 8x10 camera. Well, Keith yeah. was there, nicest guy on planet Earth, but he's there with this behemoth of a camera. And it's <laughs> this it's one of his ultra large format, also known as a banquet camera. It's a 12 by 20 camera wow and completely irrational no reason on god's green earth you should want a camera that obnoxious (laughs) with film that is probably fifty dollars a shot for black and white Um, wow 
Ugh. It. I was smitten. Like I saw this camera. I was like, I, I have to have it. I have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the only guy that's going to make it. There might be a few other brands that'll make me something close, but this thing is like, this could be in my living room. Like I don't need nice furniture or whatever, or food, yeah, whatever. I just that. need this. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. That's a great answer. Yeah. So good. Did you, uh, have you played with it at all? Did you get a chance to like put your hands on it? I, I've, I've played with it twice, both times at the PDN show. And like each time yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get that camera, Keith. He's like, okay, cool. Call me. Like, he knows how much they are. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and like, <laughs> you know, the other like insidious thing about being like an adult and like having responsibilities and all that other stuff is like, you're, there's, you're always able to get something sooner, but then it's like, oh, you know, am I really going to do the thing like of course you know yeah. we don't have to eat healthy food for dinner we can have <laughs> we can have halloween night every night if we want to uh, but that's yeah. not going to last too long so it's the practicality of okay do i really need this thing no yep. but you know one day maybe the maybe the whale will show up well i hope so yeah that would be amazing. Ugh. I can't wait to see the videos if it does show. Yeah, the, the videos will be titled like, oh my gosh, guys, look at this camera. And the next one's like, I'm moving out. And the next one's yeah. like, homeless photographer. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's so good. Well, both really great answers. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Very on brand. Yeah, yeah I'm, I am a one trick pony. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. any conversation, like I, I feel like I'm that meme where like people just like, people who just met me and I'm just holding the tuba on their face and it's like large <laughs> format. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. That's so good. Love it. But Matt, this has been phenomenal. Thank you yeah. for, for chatting with us. This is really, it's been, yeah, just awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I always love hanging out with folks uh, that do the whole podcast thing. It was, you know, it was great meeting you guys a few years back at the film. Pidea. Hopefully something like that will happen again. I know. I, oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> I know I, please, I almost please, like please. don't want to say anything anymore because I'm like oh didn't I say that last year about I more know. meetups and and now like folks from you know that watch the channel are like oh when are we going to do a meetup and I'm like when I don't want to die like I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it we're, we're getting there and hopefully we'll be able to do cool things uh, I haven't been able to do like a big like a hands-on workshop with this stuff in, in a long time mm. and that's where it's like a whole whole ton of fun and oh totally and there's just yeah. so little of that that's out there so being able to offer that extra like in-person layer to everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. Hopefully soon. Hopefully we're in the last round of this. Who knows? But hopefully <laughs> we'll knock see. on wood, we're round in the corner. Um, well, Matt, where can everybody check out your work, the podcast? Oh, yeah. So probably the easiest way to uh, find me, um, if you ever see the social media handle, that's at M-A-T-4226. That's been my screen name since like middle school. Uh, <laughs> so that's if you see that, that's me on Twitter and TikTok and Facebook and all, all that stuff. That's my handle there. And then uh, you can also check out my work uh, and links to the podcast and the YouTube channel at mirage.com. And that's M-A-R-R-A-S-H.com. Yeah, all sorts of updates get posted on there. And then you can either type my first and last name into the Google and find me on, on YouTube, or you can just type large format photography and uh, it will uh, it'll show up. Cool. <laughs> Great. Cool. That's a good one. Uh, Timothy, where are you? Guys, head over to Instagram and Twitter. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also have some YouTube stuff going on these days. Um, just go to the search bar. Easiest way to find it's just to type in Timothy Makeups. Is that it for me? Yeah, that's it for me. Chris, where are you? So I'm Chris B. Photo on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, we're Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page and a group you can 
uh, join as well over there. And that's that's it for us. That's it. Matt, thank you. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and yeah, any anytime you you want uh, more gas on this stuff. And I uh, I forgot that you were getting in. This was going to be your year of uh, large format. So Chris, send me some details. I have some yes. film for you. Ooh. Oh, oh my Heck god, yeah. Matt. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, we'll get, Thank we'll you get so a little much. LFF care package out to you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Chris and I would love to thank Matt for coming on the show. This has been a long time coming. We're so glad we got you. It was just such a great, great time listening to your story, getting to hear about Large Format Fridays, the FPP, just your process, just an all-around great episode, and we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thanks again, Matt. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We're also doing our develop and hang nights and a bunch of other stuff over there. Like I said before, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. So all the Patreons that already support the show, thank you guys so much. We do not know what we would do without you. Again, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. That's going to be it for this week's episode. Still great to be back in this new season, a new year. We're pumped. All right, guys, we'll see you next week with an all new episode. Later.